Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here once again with you, sharing the insights and guidance that channel through me. I'm always fascinated by what message will come through each week. And yesterday, the message, the words that kept dancing around my awareness were shifting from separation to living oneness. And really, more specifically, shifting from fear, judgment, and separation into living oneness, but of course that's too long a title. So that's what we're focusing on today is, is looking at how fear and judgment separates us and how our programming keeps us feeling separated and how even this global challenge, this pandemic and all the other challenges that are going on globally for all of us, how it feeds our experience of separation. And in order to shift from feeling separated or believing we're separate to living oneness, we need to make that shift at the level of the mind. And today I'm going to talk about how to make that shift within your own mind, within your own programming, how to start to unwind and clear that so that you can experience living oneness for yourself individually. And then also there's a living oneness experience more on a collective level. So that's what we're focusing on today. I want to really take a moment to say thank you for tuning in and for joining me each week. And I know that I know, and I trust that those that are meant to be here, whether it's live at Tuesdays at 9am Pacific, or whether you're listening live to your, the replay, it's still live for you because it's in the present moment. It's live and it's in that moment. It's evergreen. So the experiences that you, the potential that the each radio show holds is evergreen and even if you listen back to an episode that you heard before you'll chances are you'll pick up something different or something new because we're always evolving we're always raising our level of consciousness we're always shifting and what we need to hear one time is not always what we need to hear the next time so or what we need to hear this time is not always what we're ready to hear or what we want to hear so listening to the episodes again are helpful and or really tuning into your heart and trusting the nudge. If you're meant to listen live, do that. If you're meant to listen to the replay, then follow, follow that guidance. It's really essential. And it's essential not only for your life, but it's essential to impact all of humanity. As much as we think that here we are doing our own work, healing work, awakening work, raising our consciousness, raising our vibration, whatever work you're doing, individually is always contributing to the healing of the whole always every aspect so that's where i really celebrate the miracles because one miracle one shift from fear to love for one individual 
has an impact. We can't necessarily sit here on a human level and measure that impact, but it has an impact. My invitation for you is always about recognizing all the work you're doing for your internal environment impacts your external environment. And your external environment is not just your life, your home, your city, your country. It's even beyond the borders of, of this planet. I want you to see that the impact is far greater than you can even begin to imagine on the human mind level. So today, as we look at the journey from fear, judgment, and separation into the experience of living oneness, I want you to be willing to try on anything. So that means coming with a wide open mind, a curious mind, and even in a space of curiosity and wonderment in the mind. When we create that space, we can actually open the mind to a new perspective. And as long as the mind is sitting in the idea that it already knows, a made up mind is a closed mind. So I'm going to invite you just to open your mind wide, pretend you know nothing about anything, and even offer over everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know. And just place it beside you or put it in spirit's arms or put it in God's hands and see what happens today. Be open to an experience, but not expecting anything. So be open to anything attached to nothing. Easy, easy to say, not always easy to practice. That's part of the practice. When we look at the journey from fear and judgment and separation into oneness, I want to actually backtrack and go the opposite way. How do we get into that space of fear and judgment and separation? We, we weren't born that way. We were programmed for fear and judgment. It's in our programming. It's in our mental conditioning. It's in our experiences that we learn how to live in fear and how to judge. When we're born, we are natural observers we are, for the most part, more in alignment with love, more in alignment with the truth of who we are than any other time in our lives. When we're born, we are born with that innocence, that curiosity, that wonderment, and that natural observing nature. So when we look out into the world as an infant or as a child, we are in a space of wonderment. We are deeply curious and we are observing everything. And we don't have the filters in place yet to decide what everything is. So when we look at a ball, we see this round thing, but we don't know it's a ball yet. We don't have that context. Our life classroom is actually wide open to anything and any experience. And we don't have the concept or understanding that we're separate from everyone else fully. We have an experience of a separate body and noticing other people's, the appearance of a separate body. 
but there's a deep connection in place that's still in place. And over time, we lose that connection. Over time, the ego mind takes over and starts to feed our fear and feed the illusion and the experience of separation. Before we're born, we are all connected. When we come into this physical body, we make a choice to come in and have a human experience. And part of that human experience is to have an experience of being separate from ourselves, from our true nature, from our true essence. Now that's our experience on a human level to be separate. But the truth is we can't separate from our source. So we're always connected. There's always a lifeline if you want to look at it that or an umbilical cord or some form of connection. So we end up being a unique expression of source, a unique expression of love, a unique expression of God, the universe, whatever it is that you believe in, whatever word resonates for you. So if I use a word that doesn't resonate, change the word. So every time I say God, use a different word that resonates for you. The word is not important. The meaning you place the understanding you create, that's more important. So we are limited on a human level with this human language. So we use the language as best we can to teach an understanding. When we have that level of understanding in the mind, we can embrace a new perspective. We can embrace a different idea. The process of being human, it comes with uh, an instant forgetfulness. We are born and we start to forget. As soon as we're born, we start to forget. We forget that we are part of this one source. We are an extension of this unique, we're a unique extension of this one source, which is love. And all that's around us, all of the programming, all of the individuals that are around us that believe they're separate from everyone else, they're separate even from God, or from source, will feed our programming, our fears, and our judgments. So as soon as we're born, we start to forget. That's the nature of the human experience. We, we forget. And as we forget, the more we forget, the deeper we go into forgetting, the more separate we feel. The more separate we feel from our source, the more separated we feel from each other. And the more, in, in, in extreme cases, the more isolated we feel, the more lonely we feel, the more disconnected we feel. When we start to shift into remembering, that's kind of that, that waking up to realize there's more to life than just this human, this humanness. There's more to me than just this human body. There's something bigger, a bigger force within me. I, I always find it cute. Yesterday was May the 4th. As everybody always says, may the 4th be with you. And I've, I've always been, it always makes me chuckle. And I, growing up, I was, I grew up Catholic. So I was raised Catholic. I, I don't practice religion i'm spiritual so my spiritual practice is different than my religious upbringing 
But anytime someone says May the 4th, I always say, I always say, May the force be with you. And then I go into, and also with you, we said, we lift up our hearts. It's like this. I go into this Catholic prayer and I've, I have to chuckle because it's so programmed in me. I can't like, it's just a player that plays in the background. As soon as I hear those words, I remember growing up and always feeling that there was this like force inside of me, like this, this energy, this force, I kept calling it a force when I was younger. It's something bigger than me always felt like there was something bigger than me inside of me. And growing up for the longest time, it actually terrified me. I was terrified of this energy or this force I felt because I didn't understand it. It didn't make sense in my head. And it didn't fit into the context of my understanding of what it was like to be human. And I remember at one point, it was probably about... mm, 20 or so years ago. So my my spiritual journey started about 1993, where I started to really wake up to realize there's more to life than, than what I was living. And life wasn't happening to me. It was actually happening for me and through me. So I started to shift my level of consciousness and really started on my path of out of, out of the wellness. I was into fitness and wellness for a long time, but I shifted out of that and into more of that spiritual and mental, emotional, and energetic, and beyond understanding. I was really fascinated by not just the human mind, but but our capacity to actually walk with deep trust and blind faith. And there was, there was something bigger than all of us in this human experience. I was fascinated by that. And I was a very, very much a seeker of truth with a capital T. So I was wanting to understand it, but I was terrified of it at the same time. And that's a really common occurrence. A lot of people are curious about it, wonder about it, but at the same time, we're programmed to fear it. We're actually in the, in the programming, in the forgetting, we actually become afraid of love itself. In other words, you're afraid of your own source. You're afraid of your own truth. You're afraid of your own essence. Now, I know that sounds counterintuitive and that sounds kind of a little bit wackadoo in the mind, but that's really what happens is we're actually more afraid of love than we are of fear. So how do we shift back into remembering the truth of who we are? How do we shift back into the connectedness that we all have to that one source and to each other? ultimately to everything and anything and nothing all at the same time. So for some of you, I'm just, I'm giving you pieces that you're just like, yep, got it. I know that it's just a, it's a reminder for others. I'm going to stretch your minds quite a bit. And for some, you're going to be like, I don't know what she's talking about. And that's okay. Just try things on. You might get one little piece, one little seed is planted and that's all that, that matters today. And for others, there's just, just going to be like confirmation. Yes, this is it. This is, what I, this is what I know in my heart. This is what I know deep down. There's a lot of people that confuse knowledge at the level of the mind with knowing in the heart. And what we're tapping into and what I'm channeling through this show is more the knowing in the heart. I want to speak to the knowing. And at the same time, I speak to the knowing in your heart I'm giving your mind, the human mind, 
a level of understanding so that it comes along. Because if the mind is not in alignment with the knowing in the heart, then there's a gap and that gap shows up as resistance. And resistance can be fear, judgment, blah, loneliness. It can be a, an emotional, it can be a physical, it can be a behavioral. There's a lot of things, a lot of ways resistance can show up. As I meet you in your humanness, I need to provide a level of understanding in the mind in order for you to be open to experiencing your divinity, be open to remembering your divine nature. And that's what this show is all about. That's what all of my work is all about. It's helping you remember the truth of who you are. When we look at our fears and judgments and recognizing that they're all programming, we came in pure, we were programmed to fear, we're programmed to judge. When we look at those pieces, they become pointers, fingers pointing to the areas that we need to heal, the beliefs that we need to explore the ideas and programming that we need to get in underneath and change. So instead of getting frustrated with yourself or judging your time, judging yourself when you judge, use that judgment to take your finger and point back inward. How is that true for me? Where is that inside of me? Because if you can see it in another person, it must be in you. We're all connected to some degree. And we feel more connected and more connected when we remember once we get to the point of full remembrance, that's when we can really embody our divinity. So let me take a moment to back up a little bit. When you're looking at the mind and the programming, it's really, for me, all about unwinding, unraveling, unschooling, unlearning, undoing, unpacking, clearing, and then shifting into alignment. We need to remove all of the filters, all of the veils, all of the, the perspectives that we're looking through, all the, the lenses that we have, the pairs of glasses that we're wearing that are actually all ego-infused, fear-based. We need to change all of that. And it doesn't happen overnight. For most people, it doesn't happen overnight. So it's a series of remembering and awakening. And those moments of awakening can be gradual. You can have like a month-long awakening, or you can have like a moment where just everything changes. Everything, not necessarily everything, but everything around that shift that needs to happen in that moment. Most people have a gradual awakening, a gradual remembrance. So our human experience is really about remembering and removing all of the things that are making us forget, all of the blocks to love, all of our programming, all of our judgments, all of our fears. And that takes time. And it takes patience and it takes trust and it takes a willingness to heal, to, to explore, get in underneath 
But at the same time, it's not about denying our human experience. We came here to have a human experience. So it's more about embracing our humanness while embodying our divinity. It's not one or the other, it's both. So I want to take a moment to read. I was just kind of looking through my book and this chapter really stood out for me and I wanted to take a quick read through it. The book is, the this is The Evolution of the Ego, A Journey to Unwind Your Ego, Embrace Your Humanness and Embody Your Divinity. So you can get this book anywhere on any online bookstore, even by ebook or printed book. It's a print on demand book. So when you order it, it gets printed more planet friendly. So this chapter is called embracing your humanness and embodying your divinity. I want to read a little bit to give you uh, an idea of the process. Now this is toward the end of the book. So we're talking about like the whole part of the first part of the book is understanding the ego looking at the ego personas, different personalities, the ego shows up as how to unwind the ego, the 10 stages of the ego, which I shared in the last couple of weeks. And then we shift into how to embrace our humanness and embody our divinity. So now that we have a clear understanding of the inner and outer workings of the ego, we need to take a look at how to embrace our humanness without fear. I'm gonna put my glasses on. Embracing our unique expression of our humanness is essential, but the key is to be a full expression of our true self, which is love. Without the influence of our fear-based programming, our fear-programmed mind, and our ego. This involves learning how to embrace our humanness at the same time as embodying our divinity. I've said it before, and I will say it again, because we all really need to get this on a level of our being. Embracing our humanness is about allowing our divine personality to shine through us as us. When we allow our divine personality to be expressed and say yes to the role that we are meant to play in the world, we are saying yes to living life by divine. We are saying yes to love. We are saying yes to healing our own minds and all the blocks to love so we can contribute to the healing of the whole of humanity. We are saying yes to our own light and the full expression of love that we are meant to be. We are saying yes to God, to the divine, to the universe. We are saying yes to love. Embracing your humanness while embodying your divinity is the greatest gift you can give to yourself and to the world. The challenge is you have been taught to do the opposite, and the ego will stop at nothing to keep you from embracing your humanness and embodying your divinity. The ego's survival depends on your fears to thrive, and it will stop at nothing to keep you safe and protected hiding behind fear. You need to make a conscious choice to face all your fears, stand up without apology, stand out with love as your strength, and stand strong with divine courage. Your true human expression, your divine personality, your full expression of the force of love flowing through every part of your beingness are what you are most afraid of, because they will have the greatest impact on your life and the lives of everyone, everywhere, altogether all at once. We have been programmed to fit in when we are meant to stand out. We have been taught to follow the herd when we are meant to forge new innovative paths. We are programmed to play it safe when we are meant to play full out. We have learned to play small and hide in fear, but we are meant to play big and shine brightly. We are told not to rock the boat, 
but that is the only way to break the foundation of fear we are all standing on so we can stand solid on a foundation of love. You were taught to apologize for who you are when you're meant to be you without apology. So my challenge for you starts right here, right now. Embracing all of your humanness includes accepting every single thing about you and about your past. It is about accepting every single aspect of your life and saying yes to everything so you can make peace with it all. When you make peace with everything about yourself, you will stand on an unshakable foundation of love while you trust that there is a divine plan for your life. You have the power to transform your experience of life. You have the freedom to choose to live full out. You have the infinite wisdom of the divine to guide your every step. When you lead with your heart, you tap into the divine force that is your source. Your heart is the key to embracing your humanness and embodying your divinity. Keep creating awareness around your ever-evolving ego because it will continue to find a way to thrive and or survive. Keep honoring your humanness and making a conscious choice to live full out as you. Keep following the divine guiding steps in each moment with deep trust and blind faith. A divine hearts up. I prefer to use the term hearts up instead of heads up with the intention to keep us in our hearts instead of our heads. Therefore, I'm offering you a divine hearts up. Something to watch for and be aware of is the tendency that many people have to embody their divinity and deny their humanness. The process of embodying our divinity requires a full letting go of all of our attachments, our fears, and all of our human behaviors that don't serve our true nature. In the process of letting go, it almost feels as though we are disowning our humanness so we can embody our divinity fully and wholly. Transcending our humanness is often an essential part of the process of awakening to the truth of who we are. But the challenge is, if we stop there, we have not come full circle. When we arrive in the place of embodying our divinity, it is tempting to stay there, to leave our humanness behind and to dwell in that space of infinite love and potential. It feels expansive and full of light. When I had the experience of being a house of light and I was one with everything and nothing at the same time, I would have loved to stay there, bathing in the light of oneness. But my heart called me back to my life, to my humanness, because there was still work for me to do in my humanness. I transcended my human self and had an incredible experience of oneness and I knew in my heart that I had to come back. I had a felt experience of embodying my divinity, and it was earth shattering. And then I had to come back to earth as my human self. As a result of that incredibly deep and moving experience, I was able to fully embody my divinity. And then I said yes to come full circle to embrace my humanness. I will continue to do my work to keep my ego in check because as long as I'm in this human body with this human mind having this human experience my ego will continue to be watching waiting and ready to find a way to niggle or wiggle its way back in the more I embody my divinity while embracing my humanness the more I close the door of letting go and of fear influencing my life So that part of my book explains a little bit of my experience with living oneness, having that experience of oneness with everything. I've talked about this story. I've shared this story in previous episodes. 
So I'm not going to share it right now. But the key is in that is it's not one or the other. A lot of people have that glimpse into oneness and then they want to stay there. They don't want to come back into their humanness. So earlier I shared my fear of this force that was growing within me. I felt this like force, this energy, something bigger than me. I'm going to take a short break and I'm going to share more of that story because that was a huge breakthrough for me in recognizing that I don't need to be afraid of that energy. I don't need to be afraid of, of that which I came from. But at the time, I didn't know. I thought it was separate from me. So let me share that right after the break. And we'll talk more about how to have a living experience of oneness within yourself, how to foster that, and then how to foster it more of a collective experience. We'll be right back. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings, to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self, be the change, and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I'm your host, Sue Dumay. Today, I've been talking about how to shift from separation to living oneness and before the break, I was talking about my, my experience, kind of a, one of my moments of awakening. I've had many moments of awakening that really like was kind of those kapow moments where they just shift so much at the level of the mind in such a short period of time that I feel like I take a quantum leap. And this one experience I had, I went for yoga therapy, yoga therapy. I was experiencing it. I was receiving the session and I was feeling this energy and this force within me rising. I was talking about it. There's something inside of me that terrifies me. There's a force that's bigger than me. There's something that is just, it feels scary and big. And the therapist at the time had me in a couple different yoga poses. We were moving through a different series of yoga poses. And then she paused and held me in this one pose and asked me what was happening. And I said, I feel like I want to run. Like I feel everything inside me wants to run away from it right now because I feel terrified. So she encouraged me to run. And in that moment, I was getting ready to run just like I always did. And I said, no, no. I like literally felt this force of no fly through me and come out my mouth. I am not running anymore. I'm done running. So I turned to face my biggest fear and I started laughing as I turned around because there was nothing there. I was literally running from nothing. This force, this big energy, this like 
you know, big, scary monster that the ego had created, it, there was nothing there. And then I got really sad because I realized it was actually me. I was running from me. And I didn't, I, there was, there's different, a lot of different lessons I got from that one experience. But when I look back at it, it was really what I was afraid of was my own source, my own essence. I was afraid of love. I was afraid of that force because it was so big and powerful and the potential it held was so immense. It felt so much bigger than me. And it was bigger than me because I believed at that time I was just this body. I was this body. I was this girl named Sue. I was in this little body and I have a little, I have a little body. I'm like about 105 pounds. So I'm, I'm tiny and I'm short. So for me, the world felt big and I was always really small growing up. I was always really small. So the world felt big and scary and painful and, and there was a lot of fear because I was feeling and picking up on everybody's emotions and emotional pain as an empath and as a healer. I didn't understand it growing up. So the world was really scary. So to have this like big force kind of trying to rise up and expand within me, that was even more scary. But when I realized that by turning around and facing it, it was actually, I was just running from myself and not self as in a small S, but a self as in a capital S. I was running from me, my source, God, the universe. You see, in the beginning, when we are when we forget, when we really forget, we need to remember that there's there's a there's a thing that we kind of come to this place of hope. And that's where religion kind of creates this hope. Okay, there's something bigger than me out there. You know, guiding me, leading me, directing me. So that's where a lot of people start to believe in God or some form of God or some form of universal source that connects them or guides them or leads them. And, and that's that, that hope is outside of us, something outside of ourselves. And initially we believe that, you know, there's a God or there's a force outside of us. When we start to believe that we're more connected to that force and that force is actually more connected with us, it's actually in us, within each of us, then that actually can be comforting. And at the same time, that can actually be terrifying. And that's where I really started to go is like, okay, if that force is in me, then, you know, what, what is it going to make me do? Or what is it really doing there? Like, and it feels bigger than me, it felt bigger than my physical body. So I had to start to realize that I can embody my soul, I can allow my soul, my spirit, my God to come in. And but not be limited by the, the boundary of my physical body. So I started to do meditations where I would actually breathe beyond my physical body and realize that I'm not limited by the, the boundary of my skin, or my bones, my skeleton. And I started to breathe beyond my physical body. And that was easier for me. And recognizing that I'm actually more one with that energy that has shifted a lot for me too, because I don't feel so much like my physical body is my limitation. Now, going back to what I was reading in the book, I need, and I still need to, because I'm still, it's still a process. I'm working on right now, my relationship with my physical body, because my physical body is it has the perception of limitations right now because it's my immune system is compromised. I'm having some issues and I'm having some symptoms and stuff. And I'm not, I don't have a, my energy is 
I have to preserve my energy. So there's a certain amount of work that I can do and then I need to rest. And in the past, I would get really frustrated with my body. And at one point, I remember saying to one of my coaches, I'm like, I want to trade it in. Can I have a new model? Can I have a new body? Like, you know, wanting to go get a new car because this one's like old and it's, it's, you know, it has these things that, that bother me. It's like, it's, it's weak or it's vulnerable. Like I had all these judgments about my body. And I had to really kind of let go and realize that in my, when I, before I came here, I chose this body. I chose the body to be sensitive. I chose it to be vulnerable. I chose every single aspect of this body because it's going to serve the role I'm meant to play. It's actually contributing to the role I'm meant to play in God's grand plan. So I have to learn to embrace it. And for the most part, I have. And every once in a while, I have these moments where the ego comes in. It's still a point of weakness because the ego comes in still and drags me down into these little wormholes. But I don't last, they don't last long. I don't stay there very long. I don't dwell there. And I can bring myself back out pretty quick, just in the dialogue I have in my mind. So when I start to realize that I'm not my body, I'm not limited by this body, I'm actually not my thoughts. I'm the awareness of these things. I'm the consciousness that is aware of the physical body that we can call Sue. I'm the consciousness that is aware of the thoughts that are in Sue's mind. I am the awareness or consciousness that, that experiences or can witness the emotions. But I'm not all those things. When I believe that I'm just my human self, then I'm absolutely limited. When I connect to my divine self, then I realize that my body is simply a vehicle that I'm using right now. So I can either let fear animate my body and I believe I'm limited and I'm in my head and I'm, I'm limited by my programming and my, my limited mind, or I can choose to align with the truth and allow my divinity to animate my body, to allow that channel to be the expression and use the physical body, use my voice, use my gestures, use everything, use my life to be a messenger from source, which is me, which is you, which is all of us. So when I channel and when I allow the message to come through me, and it hits people deep in the core, deep in that place of knowing or remembrance, it's because I'm speaking from the same source that you're connected to. That's why I talk, I help people actually become a clear intuitive channel so that we don't have any of the filters of our human mind and our human experiences blocking what we're actually meant to say, what that person needs to hear. So my intention is always about opening up my channel, a clear and present channel. What would you have me say? And I allow the words to come through. Most times I don't even know what comes through my mouth. And sometimes I don't even remember on a human level, I don't remember what I said. On a divine level, on my divinity level, I know it. It's my truth. When I have an experience of 
oneness and I taught, I walk people through this experience and in my inner circle, for those of you that are inner circle members in your meditation room, there is a soul embodiment meditation. And that is an experience of oneness within the human self. So recognizing that we're not our minds and our minds are actually not in our head. Our mind is in every cell of our being. So it's a process I walk people through so they can have an experience of living oneness, mind, body, spirit, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically. That soul embodiment experience is that living oneness experience, living oneness within yourself, your full self, your whole self, your true self. In other words, your human self and your divine self join in an experience of oneness. That's an individual experience of living oneness. And when we can extend it out to our environment and recognize that we're actually one with all the things in the room that we're in, and we can extend it to the, the family unit, maybe within our family and within our, our cities. And then ultimately extend that out to more globally so we can have that collective experience of oneness. And that's where I was referring to in my book that that experience where I had where it was the house of a house of light. I saw myself walking up to this house and it was this big, huge house of light and had a door and a doorknob, but the door was all light. So I found myself walking up to the door and going in. And as soon as I entered in, I was looking around and I saw this beautiful house of light and I was in this house of light, but I was separate. I was my human self in this house of light, which represented God, which represented love, this force, this beautiful energy that's one with everything and nothing all together all at once. In that experience, I suddenly became one with that house of light. So instead of having my human body, my human self, I became one with the light. So my hand became the light and I kind of melded into this house. And then all of a sudden the house disappeared and I was just one with everything and nothing all at the same time and extended beyond any, any boundaries that my mind could even comprehend. It was such a powerful experience that I can't even really capture it in words when I explain it. But what it did was left an imprint of that experience of connection with everyone and everything. And if more of us could have those experiences, more of us can have, will we'll actually would help foster more compassion and understanding. We will actually foster more love for each other. And as much as we look, we can look right now at what's going on with this coronavirus pandemic, whether you believe it's real or not real, uh, this is all an illusion. Anyway, we can go into that in another episode, but it's, it's more, what is the experience creating for humans right now? What are the experience creating? It's for some, it's creating that separation and it's putting more walls. But if we actually look at it with the physical distancing we're removing the physical distancing. So it's no longer a distraction. The physical body is no longer a distraction as much as it was. And we're being forced to connect in different ways. So we're being forced to connect emotionally. We're being forced to connect energetically. We're being forced to connect, even though we can see each other on video and different things like that, or hear our voices, 
we're being forced to connect in a different way than ever before. Not necessarily forced in all countries, but encouraged, invited to do the physical distancing. But yet we feel a lot of, in a lot of ways, we can feel more connected. Or the ego can take us into that and use it to make us feel more separate. So really, we're all at a choice point here. We can use this to foster an experience of oneness and connection, recognizing that we're all connected and it doesn't matter if we're physically separated, we're actually all connected. Or the ego can take us on a path in the mind, down a wormhole of feeling separate, alone, and apart from everybody else. So it's all a matter of which perspective you choose and what level of programming is happening at the, at the mind, in the mind. That's what we need to look at. And some people are really struggling because there's a lot of mental programming that's getting in the way. And I have empathy for those individuals. I can have compassion. And then others are actually finding it actually quite freeing. We all have the potential to shift and some of us will need some support. Some of us will need those mighty companions. Some of us may need to go and, and, and talk to somebody, join with somebody, hire somebody, work with a practitioner. And others will actually be able to do this process on their own. Or maybe there's a book that you're drawn to or a podcast you're drawn to or a video you're drawn to. Even a quote can shift things at the level of the mind. Meditation is a really powerful tool. Meditation is like, all you need to do for meditation is stop and breathe. Close your eyes, pause and breathe. And if you need to, to give the mind some, some space to just calm and relax and, and sink in, just set a timer. I always set a timer if I'm, it, my meditations in the morning can go from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. It just depends on what's going on and when I wake up. But once I'm up in the day, if I'm going to do a meditation in the middle of the day, the way that I can actually calm my mind is set a timer. So I set the timer for 11 minutes, 11 seconds, because that's a real divine number and connection for me to the divine. And when I see 1111 or 111 or 222, even the, any kind of series of numbers, it's a moment for me to pause and say, thank you. Thank you to God, to spirit for confirming or affirming that I'm on path. And it's a moment for me to pause and just have gratitude. So I set the timer for 1111, 11 minutes, 11 seconds. And that gives my mind just a space. It's like, okay, for this time, we're just going to meditate. And whether you're sitting and meditating and watching your thoughts go and they're busy, it's okay. Just watch them, observe them. You're not your thoughts. You're witnessing your thoughts. If you have emotions rise up, it's okay. Allow the emotions, allow the expression of the emotions. It's just energy moving. That's part of our healing process. We don't need to be afraid of fear. We don't need to be afraid of these things. Be present to them. Be the compassionate witness of the emotions. Witness and be the conscious awareness of the emotions because that's the truth of who you are. You are not your emotions. You're the awareness of the emotions. And even in the body, you're not your body. You're the awareness of the body. You're consciousness, aware of the body. 
So if you go into meditation and you're just accepting everything that is, all that is in that moment, you don't have to like it and just breathe, breathing in and breathing out. You may have to give the mind something to do. I'm here now. That's one meditation I use a lot. I'm here now. Show me what I need to see. Show me what I need to feel. Whatever it is. There's no right or wrong way to meditate. But meditation is a pause for the mind. It's an invitation to pause the mind and to almost do like a little reset. Almost to kind of, let's just shut her down and, and boot her back up. It's like a little moment, moment of reboot for the mind. So we can take meditation throughout the day. It definitely helps. Even if you stop and take 10 deep breaths with your eyes closed, in through the nose and out through the nose with your throat soft, can actually turn off your flight or fight response. It actually turns off the stress response in the body and shifts into that rest and restore response in the body. And that's where we do our best healing physically, how we do our best healing. So if you can try on the idea that you're not your body, you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, you're the awareness of, you're the consciousness that is aware of, you'll begin to have an experience of oneness within yourself. And the soul, I think I have the soul embodiment video up there somewhere. I'm not sure if it's public, but that's one way to, to have that experience of connecting your soul, mind, and body. Then we shift into extending that beyond and feeling that connection with other people. Now, those that we're in vibrational resonance with, those that we feel a connection to already, or we feel in alignment with their beliefs or their actions or their, their energy, that's easier. It's easier for us to actually feel connected to them. Where it's more challenging is to connect to those that we have different beliefs around or that seem to be, or that we judge to be doing something wrong or bad or different than us. So start with those that you feel a connection with. Start with those people or those experiences that you have a resonance with. So animals are a great way. For me, nature is a great way to feel connected. A lot of people have an experience of living oneness and they don't even realize it in nature. And my other book, Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, A 30-Day Guide to Navigate Life on the Shift Hits the Fan. This book as well is basically a 30-day guide. It's a journey, takes you on a journey in the mind and beyond from fear and judgment and projection into living oneness. So it's a great book to kind of walk you through that. And right now, that book is actually under my free resources, under my website, heartledliving.com. If you go to under offerings and you click on free resources for you, free support for you, I think it's called. That book, I've read each of the chapters and their YouTube videos. So you can actually go and you can search on YouTube that book and you can listen one day at a time to the lessons and I encourage you if you go to the website there's a 30-day challenge for this book 
to do a meditation that goes along with the lessons each week, each day, so that you can actually integrate it and get a little deeper experience of it. So I'm going to invite you to tune into your heart, to trust your intuition, to let your heart lead you and guide you and direct you. Because basically what's happening in that moment that you choose that is you're allowing the divinity to animate you and your human personality becomes animated by love. Because right now, many human personalities are animated by fear. And that becomes an ego personality. Believes it's separate and it lives in fear. When we can actually shift into living life by divine, and allowing that divinity, that beautiful force of love to animate us, then we are in greatest service to everyone, everywhere, all together, all at once. And we are included in that equation. It's in service to our human experience, and it's in service to our divine experience. That is where we can actually embrace our humanness and embody our divinity. As you're looking at what's happening in the world, I want to encourage you to ask the divine to show you examples of living oneness, show you examples of helpers, people being of service, love being extended, gratitude, appreciation, connection. Because the ego is ready to show you a lot of evidence of separation, fear, and judgment. And I'm going to encourage you to make a conscious choice to ask the divine, show me, show me another perspective, show me more of my divine nature, show me the divine nature in others. Start with those you feel a connection with, start with those places where you can feel it's a little bit easier, start to remember the truth. And in that remembrance, your awareness expands even more and your mind starts to shift and you change the programming and you create these new neural pathways in your mind. Your brain basically changes. The more you do it, the more you practice, the more natural it will become, the more you will return to your true nature. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. I see you. I honor you. Until next week, love and blessings. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heart, L-E-D, living.com.